for the most part, it's a team that's another year older. I'm not concerned about the power play. Ever so slight a possibility a prospect could crack the lineup. Isk Hakov. I'm going to get that right before this guy retires. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome back to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. As the start of the NHL regular season is only about a month away, and be honest, you miss me? All right, you know, maybe not so much honesty, don't answer that. But yeah, it's good to be talking to you again, episode 166 of Island Ice, as the Islanders are on the cusp of opening development camp this week, and then will open their main training camp first on ice session September 21st, as things are going to get rolling real quickly here. Um, the six-game preseason opens up against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden on September 26th. And so, after a long and what could either be termed a successful or a frustrating off-season, depending on whether or not you are Lou Lamarillo, it's almost finally time to drop the puck again, and that, to me, is fantastic news. And hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday, and uh, gosh, I, re- I really don't know where the time goes, but this uh, this will be the start of my sixth full season on this beat. It's been a real interesting ride so far, really rewarding job assignment that I've really enjoyed uh, developing into uh, different things, including this podcast. So uh, really looking forward to another season. And regardless of which way this season goes, you know there's going to be plenty to cover because things are either going to go well and the Islanders are going to get back into the playoffs or Things are not going to go so well, and you're going to ask, have to ask, or I'm going to have to ask some real uh, long-term health of this organization type questions and just what direction things are going to go. And uh, first of all, I, I hope everyone had a great summer. I, I know I haven't spoken to you in a couple of months, is enjoying some downtime, pretty much capped off the end of my time off on Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden seeing Greta Van Fleet. Um, and if, if my voice sounds a little bit horsey or froggy or whatever animal you want to you wanna say, it, it's because it was a great show. <laughs> uh, pretty much everything you want in a big arena rock show. Uh, the, the pyrotechnics, the extended guitar solos, I think there were nine of them. The extended drum solo, the drummer wearing a cape. Uh, I think another guitar solo was just started all over the course of two plus hours. And I threw my voice out last night. Had a great time. So, uh, I, I, like I said, I hope everyone had a chance to uh, relax and, and do some fun things this summer. And because uh, it, it, it is going to uh, be relentless with the hockey coverage going for, forward from here. And anywho, the last time we spoke, it, it was breakup day. And that was, uh, I believe, on May 1st. And the Islanders, in their first season under Lane Lambert, had been eliminated in six games 
by the Hurricanes in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, at least they qualified for the playoffs. That was a change from the previous season. Barry Trotz's last behind the Islanders bench. And by the way, good luck to Barry this season as he uh, officially takes over as the Nashville general manager and tries to get the Predators um, back into the playoffs. But uh, uh, the lasting image from that Game 6 loss, uh, it was written about, it was discussed, uh, but the, the lasting image from that Game 6 loss at UBS Arena was veteran Zach Parisi, Zach Parisi silently sitting frozen at his locker stall, just kind of the, you know, the, the wide-eyed, you know, mile-long stare ahead, looking at everything and nothing really... Um, you had to think he was contemplating whether he had just played in his last NHL game or not. And we, we still don't have a definitive answer on that, but we do know, and, and this is the way things have been trending uh, since about the first week in July when the uh, Islanders signed Julian Gauthier, uh, the ex-Ranger. But we, we know for now that Zach Parisi at least will not be in training camp with the Islanders, and he remains an unrestricted free agent. Lou Lamarillo, uh, during his his uh, pre-training camp press conference this week, stated several times that the door will always remain open if Zach Parisi chooses to play at some point this season. And you've seen it with these veterans, right? Uh, you know, I'm thinking... Uh, you know, Eric Stahl came back and uh, uh, Justin Williams or uh, uh, these guys who sort of take the first part of the season off um, and it saves some wear and tear on their bodies, right? And then they uh, they come back for the playoff run. And it, look, it wouldn't shock me uh, as Zach Parisi is enjoying time with his, his wife and small children back in the uh, his home state of Minnesota. It would not shock me that Zach still has a little bit left in the tank, both in terms of, uh, you know, hockey talent and, and wanting to play hockey. And it could be uh, a nice midseason pickup for, for on the cheap, you know, probably a prorated one year, 1.5 million or less, whatever the Islanders, whatever change the Islanders have lying around at that point, um, you know, on a prorated deal could be a, a, a sneaky good ad at that point for the playoff run. Um, but for now, Lamarillo announced that, that Parisi will remain in Minnesota, not attend training camp. Um, when asked whether that means Parisi is retired, Lamarillo did not say whether the 39-year-old Parisi, um, again, still a UFA, is officially retired. Lamarillo did not think so. So anyway, here's a a little bit more from Lou Lamarillo on Zach Parisi. And again, uh, these two have a relationship that dates back to when Lou drafted uh, Parisi uh, for the Devils. I believe that was 2003. Well, first of all, uh, the door was always open. And uh, I think everybody knows the relationship that I have with uh, Zach, you know, from when he was 17 years old. Uh, and I understand, appreciate, and respect, you know, the decision where he's at. Uh, uh, but I, I think that when you have a player like that who loves the game the way he – and had the success he had and what he did for the team, 
uh, it's a tough thing for him to make that decision. So you allow it to go as long as you possibly can without pressing or asking. And I think he made the right decision uh, for his family. Uh, and then we'll just keep the door open for him. Uh, and as I said to him, we'll keep your number open too. Now, I, I know for a fact Zach Parisi's presence will definitely be missed in that room. Uh, he's very much beloved by his teammates. Nobody worked really harder. And, you know, you say that about a lot of players. But Zach, especially as his body aged and he understood what he needed to do to remain in the league, uh, and especially, you know, getting bought out by the Wild, uh, from that 13-year, $98 million contract uh, that motivated him to work even harder. Um, he had a good two seasons on the island. Uh, really can't complain about anything. Uh, and the Islanders are really going to be hard-pressed to find another winger for that third line that's going to produce 21 goals and, and, and 13 assists. Um but they signed ex-Ranger Julian Gauthier, and you got to think Gauthier is probably going to get the first crack uh, to skate with, we're assuming, Jean-Gabriel Pajot's line, and, uh, you know, maybe Hudson Fashion goes back there again. But, you know, looking at the Islanders' offseason as a whole, uh, it, it's pretty easy to sum up. They re-signed defenseman Scott Mayfield to a seven-year deal. They re-signed Pierre Engvall, their late-season acquisition from the Toronto Maple Leafs, again, with a relationship with Lou. Lou was the GM uh, in Toronto, not when Engvall was initially signed, but uh, Lou certainly saw his play firsthand and uh, talked about the development he's seen and how well Pierre Engvall fit into the team once he was acquired. But uh, Scott Mayfield and Pierre Engvall both get seven-year deals, and then they lock up Ilya Sorokin for the long term, and that's that's your your foundation. That's your franchise player now going forward. But they also re-signed Semyon Varlamov uh, to keep that goalie tandem intact. And uh, uh, Gauthier is a, a, a new face. Uh, he might be uh, one of the he might be the lone new face uh, when when. Uh, the regular season opens. Uh, we'll see. There's a returning Oliver Wallstrom uh, coming back from season-ending uh, uh, a season-ending knee injury in December. He's back on a one-year prove-it deal. Um, there is ever so slight a possibility a prospect could crack the lineup, uh, maybe coming out of development camp, and uh, I'll have a little bit more on development camp in a few minutes. But Lou said on Monday his off-season priority was exactly what he did, which was take care of his own. And, of course, look, what else is Lou going to say right now? He was not able to complete any trades. Um, and as Lou will tell you, it always takes two to tango. And I certainly, you know, I was told that Lou was out there trying, um, certainly on Alex Dabrinkat, uh, who went from the Senators to the Red Wings. But once... Uh, Lou locked up his own free agents. For the most part, that was the offseason. And uh, to me, look, I, I, I got to be honest, it, it's a little bit weird to continually really bring back the same mix with no new blood. It, it gets stale. And yeah, I know y you can tell me that 
Bo Horvat came in, in in February, and Pierre Engvall came in uh, later in the season, and th- those were new blood guys, and uh, you know, so now both of them are starting their first full season, but really, it's it's the same group coming back this year, and uh, uh, I I don't know if that means I can tell you that this team improved in the off season. Uh, you know, it's. For the most part, it's a team that's another year older. Now, I I still think they're good enough to get into the playoffs again. I, I do. Uh, I just don't know if this same group is is good enough to get back to where they were when they were going to back-to-back conference finals. Uh, that's a, a couple of seasons ago, and, and the team is getting older. And, uh, you know, you... You don't know where the the, the young fresh legs are, are going to come from, uh, or any new ones. And uh, you know, again, I mentioned Lou did try and uh, you know take a swing for Alex DeBrincat. Wound up going back to his hometown Red Wings. If you were reading my reporting uh, over the off season, I, I reported that Lou was willing to include both uh, Jean Gabriel Pajot and Wallstrom in a deal to get DeBrincat, and obviously that did not come through. Uh, but at his, at his presser, I asked Lou uh, about the lack of movement um, after he re-signed his own players and, and how tight the salary cap for almost every team in the NHL at this point uh, as where, you know, the cap went up a million dollars this season, which is really nothing. And it's really, since the pandemic, you've had flat cap after flat cap, and it is catching up to most of the leagues. And I I asked Lou about how that played into what became a very quiet offseason for the Islanders. Our focus was exactly what we were able to do. Uh, Certainly you have to do some things uh, to make it happen. Uh, But our intention was to... Uh, keep intact our goal tandem tantrum and certainly uh, try and retain uh, Scott Mayfield uh, because, in my opinion, is uh, an unsung hero, integral part uh, of this group and what he does and what he brings both on and off the ice. And uh, we were able to do that. And uh, I had enough uh, observations of Engville to see where he came from uh, when we first signed him when I was in Toronto uh, to his growth and also how he fit in here and what he brings, what dimension he brings as far as uh, his speed. Uh, and, you know, we used the money into that and thought that that was more important uh, for us than anything we could have done, uh, you know, to help the team in whatever area it might be. So we thought that that was the direction to go. That was the focus. Uh, if we weren't able to do that, then certainly we had other thoughts, uh, but our priority was exactly what transpired. And then it was Chris's, you know, sort of direction to try and get uh, X number of players who could fill roles a la fashion, uh, whether it be a Gauthier, whether a Pino, you know what I'm saying, whoever it might be. And so I think we accomplished that to make sure we solidified experience depth to go along with a couple of young players that uh, uh, I'm excited to see after the year they had in the minor league and the growth that they've had, say, during the summer as far as their conditioning where it's at after finding out what pro hockey's about. Now, of course, Lou is bullish on this upcoming season. And, uh, 
here, here he talks a little bit about why he does like this crew. Well, I, I think the, there's no question this season started the day after the last game. Uh, I'm extremely excited. I'm excited because of uh, what I've seen our coaches do uh, throughout the summer and since they've been here and the communication and conversations we had about last season. Uh, and I'm excited about the shape our players are in uh, and the amount of time and effort they put in. This is the most players that we've had here uh, during the summer since I've been here. In fact, more than I've seen in any situation uh, that we've had. So uh, that, those type of things, uh, there's no, nothing compulsory, nothing demanding. Nobody's looking over their shoulders. What they're doing is quite impressive. So let's let's look at this roster. Let's analyze what we got. And, and basically, you know the players. But Lou said both goalie positions are set, and this is very much true. And again, you know, the, the big caveat here is always, you know, barring injury. And there are going to be injuries over the course of the season. So, you know, uh, there will be chances uh, for other players to step in on a, a, you know, next man up type of thing. But for now, barring injury, we're going Sorokin and Varlamov are in net. And that's, you know, no chance for, for anyone to, to, to knock Varley out of that backup spot. No chance. Um, Lou said five of the defensemen are already locked in. And, you, you know, that's Adam Pellick, that's Ryan Pulak, Scotty Mayfield, Noah Dobson, and Alexander Romanov. Um, and, and in all likelihood, Sebastian Ajo, uh, who played better and better uh, last season, uh, he, he settled down and, and was a functioning NHL defenseman. Um you know, in all likelihood, Sebastian Ajo has a, a real lead on securing that sixth spot. Now, uh, Romanov, by the way, who had uh, was dealing with the shoulder injury, I think he missed the final five games of the regular season, first two games of that playoff series uh, with the Hurricanes, played through pain uh, when he did come back, you know, was slowed by the shoulder injury, needed surgery on the, so- on the shoulder in the off season, Lou said he's very close. Um, there's a chance Alex is not on the ice to start training camp next week. Um, Lou says if he's not out there, uh, he'll be close. He's skating. He's doing everything he has. Lou said on the Islanders' part, they're likely to uh, proceed with caution. And uh, I, I don't know how many uh, preseason games they might give Romanov. Um, they they might want to protect his shoulder a little bit longer, but, uh, you know, he's going to be there when the regular season starts, uh, by all indications. And, uh, you know, so really again, five defensemen locked up the two goalies, you might have six defensemen locked up. Uh, although, you know, obviously a Samuel Bolduc is going to come to camp, uh, with, with a chance to, uh, win a spot. Robin Sallow is going to come with to camp to, to get a chance to do what he did last training camp, which was win a spot in the opening night uh, lineup. So Ajo, while he may be the leader for that sixth spot, he is going to have some competition for playing time. Uh, you certainly hope it would, but really it's just for that one spot. Um, and then, you know, if you look up front, uh, you may have 13 forwards already set uh, for, for the opening night roster. And then 
I'm not even in that 13. I don't have Simon Holmstrom or Ross Johnson in there. And you know, those two are going to be hanging around as well. But, uh, you know, as we look at the forwards, uh, Anders Lee, Bo Horvat, Matthew Barzell, uh, Pierre Engvall, Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, Gauthier, uh, J.G. Pajot, Oliver Wallstrom, Hudson Fashing, and of course the, the identity line of Matty Martin, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck. Um, and, and the way I read that off is maybe projected lines, uh, but I, I don't know because... I, even if if the players are set, there is a lot of intrigue going into training camp as to just where everyone is going to shake out. Um, like for instance, I mentioned Oliver Wallstrom's coming back from that uh, from that knee injury. Um, if he's skating well, and look, this is the same kind of injury that Anders Lee went through. Uh, that kept him out of that playoff run. And uh, Anders will tell you it took him a long time uh, going into the following season to really get right. So, you know, but all things being equal, Oliver Wallstrom, you want to see him take that step into a top six right wing, but, but who's he knocking out and, and give me the wings on the top two lines. Obviously you got to think Kyle Palmieri, is a top six forward for this team. Now, the, the the real question is, you know, is Matthew Barzell going to be a wing or a center? And if he's a center, you know, you're going to have Bo Horvat in the middle. That's for sure. You, you need his face-off skills. Brock Nelson, uh, you, you can't take him <laughs> out of the middle. He's he's too good functioning that way. But then where do you put Barzell? Is, uh, you know, those are three top six centers. Are you going to move Pajot off of the third line, maybe play him as a wing? Uh, I I guess that's a possibility. Again, I I think they're set with the Matty Martin, Casey Zizekas, Cal Clutterbuck trio, at least to start, again, barring injury. Uh, Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck entering the last years of their deals. And you got to think that this is finally a last go-round for this, you know, venerable trio that's so beloved both within the room and and, and by the fan base. But uh, it's going to be very interesting for Lane Lambert how he fits Matthew Barzell into this puzzle and then the resulting uh, dominoes that fall as to whether Matthew Barzell is a right wing or a center, and I, I, my understanding is, and, and and Barzi, you know, when 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 the Islanders acquired Bo Horvat, Matthew Barzell said all the right things. He did all the right things, and and he went to right wing. And and if you remember, there was chemistry before uh, uh, Barzell got hurt um, between Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell, uh, with Barzell skating on the right wing. I I don't think it's any secret that Matthew Barzell would prefer to play center. Uh, he's more comfortable there. He'll say that. He'll tell you that. Um, it's it's definitely his natural position, and it's where you can best utilize his skating and stick handling abilities and his ability to stop on a dime and shake defenders. That doesn't translate as well uh, on, the, on the wing. So if, I, if I'm a coach... I want Matthew Barzell in the middle. It's just a matter of 
you know, you got five centers for four spots. And, uh, you know, so something's got to budge there. And uh, Lou was asked about whether Parcel was going to be a center or a wing. And, and here was Lou's response to that. I, I don't think that that's something that I would answer. But I don't think, you know, there's any question there as far as the commitment uh, that is there from Matt to play any position that we ask him, like every player. And uh, you'll see the lines. Uh, you'll see, you know, first day of regular season. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Matt Martin and uh, Cal Clutterbuck both entering the final seasons. I'm not trying to jinx these guys. Um, uh, they, they have all the respect in the world for me. But just if you go back over the past couple of seasons, you have to think at some point there's going to be an injury just based on the way they play. They're, they're, they're getting up there in age. Um, Cal Clutterbuck has had a hard time staying on the ice past couple of seasons. It's reasonable to predict uh, that the beloved identity line is going to be missing a member or members at some point this season. Now, you know, uh, is that where is that where Ross, Ross Johnson finally gets a chance to uh, you know come in and, and earn, earn some steady playing time? Not sure about that. You know, will Julian Gauthier, when all is said and done, wind up on a fourth line? I believe he skated a lot on the fourth line when he was with the Rangers. Uh, again, not a lot of chances for some of these young prospects that uh, that the Islanders are trying to groom to really crack playing time, especially at the beginning of the season, uh, uh, with, without any injuries, but, uh, a little bit more, like I said, I'll get to the development camp, but one other, one other aspect, and this also gets back to, uh, Zach Parisi not being here. Um, he played on the second power play unit, the Islanders power play, as we all remember, finished 30th in the league. Uh, last season. That is 30 out of 32 teams. They were at 15, 15.8%. They were not effective in the playoffs. You, you can't win like that. You have to you have to scare teams a little bit on the power play. You have to make them not want to take penalties. And uh, you can't lose momentum consistently when you're playing a man up. So, uh, you know, it's Again, it's the same personnel. How does this group get better? And and you're taking away Zach Parisi. So uh, Lou was asked about the power play. And again, look, Lou is always very supportive of his players and always very positive. So his take on the power play is not going to surprise you. I'm not concerned about the power play. I think the power play will uh, rebound, respond. We have the ingredients. Uh, uh, we're not going to have a, a focus to get it a distraction to the whole game. Uh, we all know that the power player's importance is scoring at the right time. Uh, but there's no question that it wasn't something that went well. We know that. Uh, it's certainly been a part of a lot of our discussions, but not where it upstaged everything that we have to do. Uh, there's three parts of this game, defense, center ice, and offense, and then specialty teams, and uh, you focus in on every one of them. And, and as I said, this all gets underway with development camp, and uh, you know, with, with these prospect, prospects, the Islanders have not picked 
in the first round of an NHL draft since selecting Simon Holmstrom in 2019. Now, Lou said for this development camp, he's going to bring in the players on entry-level contracts, including those who have played in the NHL, and that that umbrella covers William Dufour. Um, initially, and this was my mistake, uh, I'm looking at it, and Simon Holmstrom's still on his ELC, but he's played more than 50 games in the uh in the NHL, he will not be in development camp. He'll, he'll, you'll see him in the main training camp, and uh, also uh, there are going to be some of the uh, the the junior hockey prospects um, who who will get a, a maybe a first crack to show what they can do, and uh, then the AHL group. There's going to be an AHL group um, that will practice separately. Uh, including a training camp, and I, I'm talking about you know guys like Cole Bardreau, Seth Helgelson, guys like that will be in that AHL group during training camp, and then uh, if the, if Lane needs a player up uh, for one of his two other practice groups, uh, the guys really vying for an NHL spot. If there's an injury or something, he can call from that AHL group, but uh, it'll be a little bit separate uh, this year. The, the AHL guys are not going to be really mixed in, but first off, um, development camp, and there's going to be right now scheduled for five days on ice. That's uh, Thursday through Sunday, a day off for the prospects, and then wrap it up uh, on the uh, on the Tuesday um, and Lou said throughout camp, training camp, there's going to be, uh, teams are going to scrimmage, the, the squad's going to scrimmage maybe a little bit more, uh, this year than you, you saw in past seasons. Can anyone get from development camp into the main camp and really push for a spot? Uh, uh, on the Islanders' opening day roster. Now, Dufour is an intriguing possibility because of his size, and he has the potential for some scoring. Uh, he's, again, you know, he's played one game in the NHL, didn't go great. How many debuts actually go all that smoothly? You, you throw that one out the window. Um, he's six foot two, he's 215 pounds. Uh, he had 21 goals and 27 assists in 69 games for Bridgeport last season. Uh, new Bridgeport coach Rick Kowalski, who, uh, you know, if history is any indication, uh, his predecessor, Brent Thompson, would always run the on-ice sessions at uh, development camp. So you'd expect to see Rick Kowalski uh, running the on-ice sessions at development camp. Um, and he knows Dufour, obviously, being a Bridgeport assistant the past two seasons. He, he said, you know, he, he said Dufour had a really good year, but then, quote, there's lots of room for improvement, and uh, he should be at that age. And, you know, he's a guy that probably projects in the NHL as more of a bottom six forward and you got to think that, again, going back to the identity line, at some point this season, there's going to be a chance probably for, for him to, to slot in there because, you know, again, not 
trying to jinx them, but at some point, you know, they might be missing a Martin or a Clutter or a Sezikis just because of the way those guys play the game. So Dufour is definitely a guy to keep a, an eye on. Uh, also up front, you, you know the names really. Uh, Ruslan Iskahakov. Iskahakov. I'm going to get that right before this guy retires. But, uh, you know, he had 17 goals and 34 assists for Bridgeport last season. Smaller guy, but a darty guy. Some really good speed. Lou keeps mentioning this guy. Lou says, I don't like naming names. And then he goes on and he names Ruslan. And he names Dufour. Um, so, I, I think that's a guy... Who, who would have a shot maybe to get through D camp and, and, and to have, get a really good look at training camp. Uh, also, in development camp, you're going to get a, a chance to look at Matthew Maggio, the uh, fifth-round pick in 22. Um, he ended last season with Bridgeport. Uh, you're going to see E2 Liukas, uh, the, the fifth-round pick in 21. He has yet to play in North America. Very good reports on him as well. And then, you know, I, I, I spoke about five, possibly six spots being being set on the defense. Samuel Bolduc, who's seen some time. Uh, Robin Sallow, neither of those guys are going to be in development camp. I, I believe they're with the AHL group. But in development camp, you're going to get a chance to see Kale Odelius, uh, the second-round pick in 22. Uh, they, they like his size. They like his smarts. They like his skating. At some point, he might be a candidate to make a push. Um, a guy, Isaiah George, who was just signed to his entry-level contract on, uh, on Wednesday. He was a fourth-round pick in 22. Uh, Islanders are high on him. He's an intriguing prospect as well. He can provide scoring. He can provide skating. Uh, so there are some scouts who, who think that he could develop into an NHL defenseman at some point. And then also Lou is kind of high on, uh, uh, these two college guys, um, that he signed this off season. Both will be in prospect camp, Aiden Fulp, Travis Mitchell. He, he likes both of them. They're, they're a little bit older. I think, uh, they're both 23, um, a little bit more developed, uh, physically, uh, those guys probably will wind up in the AHL uh, to start their development, but, but Lou likes them, and it'll be good to see them in, in development camp. But look, you know, someone in this organization has to pop through, both for cap salary cap reasons, because you get these younger prospects under, you know, under control, under salary control. And that helps you with the paying for veterans and acquiring veterans. So both for cap reasons and just to keep up in the NHL, which has become such a lightning quick game. Um, you know, I, I've been covering the NHL on a beat basis since 2003. So we're talking 20 years. It's a completely different sport in 23 as compared to when I first slid into an NHL press box. And you have to have those young players. You have to get younger and younger and younger each season. And, and the Islanders have just had uh, issues doing that, and it's going to catch up. But um, just to sum up, here is Lou talking about development camp. Well, you, you also have to be very careful in training camp and exhibition games. Uh, and all of that has to come in the evaluations of what you do 
uh, certainly exhibition games, you're usually playing against 60% uh, and maybe 70% of the rosters that you'll see, uh, you know, on opening night. Uh, uh, but you find out what they can and can't do and how close they are. And unfortunately, in these days, in a, these, these days uh, you rush them a little bit and you have to hold back because you're always looking for something better. Uh, but uh, we'll see where they're at. Uh, you know, you look at uh, our goaltending tantrum, it's going to be pretty tough for somebody, you know, unless there's something we're not aware of. Well, we've got five incumbent uh, defensemen who, you know, if you had a pencil in, and we think that they're, you know, we have an abundance of uh, defensemen that I think could potentially, you know, go there. I think that uh, certainly to that end of the year, Ahu and, and, and Baldock, but uh, we signed two college players that I'm excited about uh, last year. Uh, and, you know, we'll see where our high draft pick is at this point. He'll be his first year in camp this year. And also some of the veterans that are under NHL contracts that are in the minors as steps. So uh, we feel that's fine. And you guys know where our center ice situation is pretty tough for somebody to come in and take that. But if there is, you know, any one of those can go over the wing. Uh, and then, you know, there's a couple of young forwards, uh, uh, you know, I don't like to name people, but, but whether it's Ishnikov or Dufour, uh, they're uh, they're close. So How those, close? We'll find out. So those guys will be in the, in the development camp. Initially. They will be in the development camp, and then they will be, you know, into the first two groups of the NHL. And finally, I, I just wanted to end on this note. Now, this is not new. We, we talk about breakup day on that day. Josh Bailey basically said that, you know, it looked like his time with the Islanders was done. He was a healthy scratch 10 of the last 12 uh, regular season games and for all six playoff games. And sure enough, you know, uh, Lou did wind up trading uh, Josh to Chicago in the offseason. Um, this was during the draft, and then Chicago promptly bought out the final season of his six-year, $30 million deal, making Josh Bailey an unrestricted free agent. As we speak, he has yet to hook up with another team, uh, whether that be, you know, a one-year deal or going to a camp on a professional tryout offer, so he is still unemployed. He's, you know, he's going to make Long Island his home for life, regardless of whether he plays for the Islanders or not. Um, so we wish Josh really well, um, and, and we hope to see him around the rink this season, uh, for sure. Um, you know, can't thank Josh enough for all the help he, uh, you know, he gave the media and just, you know, how professional and courteous, and what a gentleman he was and, you know, fun to talk to, good takes on everything, uh, beautiful family, just, you know, he's, he's a winner in life. And uh, I, I know he still, you know, he said at the end of the year, he's, uh, he still wants to play. I, I hope he gets that chance. But on, on, on Wednesday, Josh did post something to the players uh, Tribune, um, basically a thank you to Islander fans and a thank you to Long Island. And uh, I'm just going to qu- 
quote a couple of uh, paragraphs from this. Josh wrote, Over the past couple of months, there have been quite a few moments that have brought me to a pause. I think what has hit the hardest is realizing that this chapter has come to an end. All of the All of the things that I love about putting on the blue and orange are now just a memory. Although it has made me emotional at times, I will always cherish these memories or those memories. I want to thank not just this great fan base, but the people of Long Island as a whole. He calls, he says, this place is special. Um, He says, Long Island will always be home for me and my family. And he goes on, and remember Josh, you know, gets drafted uh, and and goes right from junior hockey to the Islanders. He was the longest tenure Islander, third most games in in team history. He goes, from playing my first game in the Islanders sweater at 19 to my last at 33, it has been quite a ride. Not always the smoothest of rides, but I wouldn't change a thing. The tough times make you stronger and allow you to enjoy the good ones that much more. And we had plenty of good ones. I do recall some rather funny moments at the Coliseum. Some, some nights, if I was starting, the national anthem could be a vulnerable 90 seconds standing there at the blue line. He writes in parentheses, I heard it all. The encouragement and the, and this is in quotes, encouragement. Um... And he he concludes by saying, uh, basically, of course, hearing you all sing, it still gives me chills to this day. Thank you. Until next time. Ooh. Ah. So, you know, Josh has got a good head on his shoulders about uh, his Islander career. Um, when, when everything is said and done, he was a very good Islander. He, he really was. And, uh, you know, his presence is going to be missed in that room, too. We talk about Zach Parisi, but Josh, you know, uh, Josh held an incredibly high esteem from his teammates there. You know, when, when this is all said and done, I know those guys are going to remain best friend, Anders and, and, and Josh and Josh and Matt Martin and Josh and Casey. I mean, uh, those guys are family for life. And, uh, like I said, I just hope, uh, you know, whatever happens with Josh, it's to his satisfaction. And, uh, with that, I'm going to sign off because, uh, We're going to be talking a lot more development camp getting underway, training camp getting underway, preseason getting underway soon, regular season getting underway on October 14th against the Sabres at UBS Arena. Can't wait. Can't wait to report on this. Can't wait to interact with you. We'll do an Andrew's Answers, uh, hopefully for the next podcast. And until then... Happy hockey, everybody.